Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Before we start, I just want to mention the sponsor for this episode, and that is Spoken, a company that helps you to improve your English online in various ways. Spoken have produced a murder mystery story for learners of English called The Wrong Man. If you're into pop culture and learning English, then this should be perfect for you. Their story is specifically designed to help you learn English, and it's all done through the medium of a cool and mysterious detective narrative. It's audio. It's all recorded properly with actors and atmospheric background sounds. It sounds brilliant. What they're offering to you is uh, completely free, and it's this. All four parts of this audio story transcripts for each part so you can listen and repeat or just check all the words and phrases that you're hearing, study guides to really help you learn English effectively from each part of the story, access to their Facebook group where there are live video conversations with the actors and writers and you can send the messages as well to ask questions about the English in each part if you want and also there's a chance to win some prizes in the giveaways that they're doing. Get all of that stuff and more completely free by going to getspoken.com slash L-E-P. So that's the wrong man. Solve the murder mystery and learn English at the same time. Getspoken.com slash L-E-P. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 589 of Luke's English Podcast. This episode is a big ramble about Avengers Endgame, Marvel Studios and comic book movies in general with my friend Fred Iango. I should point out that this episode contains no spoilers for Avengers Endgame because neither of us have seen the film yet. We're both fans of these films and we become a bit like excited children when talking about this subject. And so we end up talking quite quickly, interrupting each other, talking over each other sometimes, just like people normally do when having lively conversations. Some of you will be glad because you like the challenge of the faster conversations on this podcast, but others might find it harder. If you find it difficult to follow, my advice is to stick with it you will get used to Fred's voice and the general speed of the conversation after a while. Fred is very articulate and insightful about these films, particularly the business side of comic book movies in general. Watch out for loads of really useful descriptive language throughout this conversation as we talk about characters, plot points and Marvel Studios' approach to the business of movie making. The whole conversation is long, but so is Avengers Endgame. It seems appropriate somehow. Uh, But unlike Avengers Endgame, this episode is in two parts. You're listening to part one. Part two should be available very soon. The film is three hours and one minute long. People are wondering how they're going to get through the film's marathon running time without taking a toilet break. 
I think you won't have the same issue while listening to this double podcast episode because you can just pause, answer the call of nature and then carry on or perhaps even do your business while listening on headphones. Please do just remember to wash your hands when you're finished. I hope you enjoy our chat and that you're also looking forward to seeing Avengers Endgame in cinemas soon. I'm going to see it tomorrow. I'll talk to you more at the end of this episode, but now let's jump into my conversation with Fred, and here we go. So, hello, Fred. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Um, So, I think I'm just going to go straight into my introduction. You can just be here just to kind of... Nod. I hope you I hope you don't mind sitting here while I go through this. There's a, I don't know how. Ahead. There's about two page, two and a half, one and a half pages of this. So, hello everyone. Here's a new episode of Luke's Film Club on Luke's English Podcast. It's been a while since the last episode of Film Club. In this series, I like to talk about films, sometimes obscure ones that you might not know, and sometimes big blockbusters that lots of people are talking about. This episode is firmly in the second category as we're talking about one of this year's most highly anticipated film releases. Uh, And that is, the the film is Avengers Endgame. Woo-woo! But here is a disclaimer before we start, Fred. I need to give my audience a little disclaimer before we begin. I understand. So, this entire episode, listeners, is devoted to the discussion of this new Avengers film, but also to the subject of Marvel movies in general, okay? Uh, I mean, superhero films produced by Marvel Studios. That's stuff like Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, The Avengers, etc. So there might also be, as well, some Star Wars uh, chat yeah, for, uh, here. For obvious reasons. For obvious reasons, because the new trailer's yeah, just yeah. arrived. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, maybe at the end of the episode. So I just want to say, right from the start, if you're not a fan of those films, of Marvel films and stuff like Star Wars, then this episode probably won't be for you. I realise that this might not be for everyone, okay? I know it doesn't seem to make much sense to say to some of my audience, ah, you might not want to listen but to I this. But I mean, we're going to talk also about like movies and the movie industry in general a little bit. So if you're a fan of movies, it, it, I think it will interest you. Yes. I, I mean, I, I think so. There, if, but if you're not into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, then you might not get a lot of the references that we're talking about. That's the thing. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, like the generic stuff, yes, but yeah, the, the deep, more, let's say, nerdy. Yeah. More, spe- more, more specific to the MCU. Well, say MCU, for example, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is going to be said a lot in this episode, I think. Yeah, we're going to say MCU, MCU a quite a lot. Uh, yeah, for the, that specific stuff, probably uh, more for people who know the movies a little bit there may i mean i'm sure there are people listening to this who haven't seen any of the films or maybe some people have seen maybe iron man or yeah, some the other big things ones, like maybe an avengers here or a guardians of the galaxy there you know but probably mm. not admin and the wasp <laughs> i assume like the, the the ones with the lower box office yeah i assume have not been watched by everybody i wonder how many of my what percentage of my audience have seen First of all, all of the Marvel films in the list, and uh, what percentage of people have seen some of them, and what percentage have seen none of them at all? Uh, I wonder what that would be. In- I mean, I don't know. How can you estimate like the the amount of people who've watched a movie? Like, if you say, for example, a movie is a, has like a billion dollar box office, and you say it's like eight dollars a ticket 
an average or no mm. maybe like more like 15 i think yeah let's say 10 round round number uh-huh. so it's like a hundred million people who watched it in um like in general in like, the world yeah like globally is, yeah i don't know is really. that helpful i don't know i don't really know but i mean just for me my experience of being an english teacher and meeting mm. groups of of learners of english from around the world yeah there's always some people in the room yeah. who don't know what the hell you're talking about yeah, of course when you're talking about any subject yeah no definitely like even stuff like milk you've never heard of milk really <laughs> like <laughs> I've been a water guy my like, whole in life. In my country, we don't have milk. <laughs> like, really? We don't uh, dare. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, I don't know. I also like if, let's say, I don't know, have the people don't care about movies at all in general. Yeah. Especially if they're like big and loud. And then, I don't know, tw- let's say maybe 20, 15, 20% of the people yeah. have seen like some or all the movies. Mm. We don't know, basically. Yeah, we don't know. We'll estimate, like... The point I was saying is that, I'm sorry, listeners, if some of you haven't seen these films and you're not interested in this stuff, but uh, but then again, Avengers Endgame, which is the yeah. culmination of uh, a massive 21-film narrative, this film is coming out in cinemas at the end of this month and is hotly anticipated, as I said. This is an international phenomenon along the lines of other big franchises like Star Wars, Game of Thrones, and so on. People are predicting that this film is going to become the highest grossing film on its opening weekend worldwide of all time ever. Yeah. So there's you know, a good chance. If we're talking about a film that's got a large appeal, there's a good chance that lots of people will be interested this, in this. This is the one. This is the one. Yeah. But if, you, if you're not, then I, I do apologize. Mm-hmm. So this is an event movie on an international scale, and I'm certain that plenty of my listeners will be in- interested in this and will want to hear us talking about it. That's why I'm doing this episode. If I was learning English, Fred... Mm. Uh, I think I would want to listen to people talking about this film. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you were learning another language, yes. you'd probably think, well, I want to listen to content. I want to listen to conversations. Conversation. I would personally like to hear people talking about a film like this. Yes. Rather than just so. the usual, you know, sort of textbook stuff. Yeah. Tenses. Uh, tense. Well, that's important. The tenses is still important. It's key. I'm really excited to see it. Perhaps, listeners, you're planning to watch it too, maybe in the original English version, if that's possible where you live. Uh, but I just want to, in the most British way possible, apologise in advance for those of you who have no interest in this film franchise at all. Sorry. I'm just living up to the British stereotype. Yeah, obviously. Uh, maybe you will choose to listen to this and it will be a sort of introduction to Marvel movies and you'll decide to check them out and you'll enjoy them. Mm. Or maybe you'll just skip this episode altogether. It's up to you. Other episodes will be coming along soon. And of course, if you're looking for other content from me, you could always sign up to my premium service Mm -hmm. to hear episodes focusing specifically on grammar, vocabulary and pronunciation. Just an idea. Yes. Great idea. But anyway, that's the disclaimer out of the way. So now let's get stuck in. The plan is to talk about Avengers Endgame, Ooh. but also cover most of the other Marvel films that we've had so far and also talk about the main characters. This could easily become <laughs> several episodes. <laughs> we'll try, you know, we can't possibly cover everything. No, not even try. No, I'm joined today by Fred Iango, making his third appearance on the podcast. That's me. Fred is a friend of mine from the Paris comedy scene. He's from Cameroon, but he lives in Paris, Mm. and he's a big fan of films. Fred's first appearance was in episode 430, and you can go back to that one if you'd like to learn more about Fred, his background, and how he learned English. Yeah. So now let's get started with this episode of Film Club on Luke's English Podcast, and what I'd like to do 
is play the audio from the second Avengers Endgame trailer. So, here is Avengers Endgame trailer number three, just to get us in the mood. Here we go. If we do this, we'd be going in shorthanded. Yeah, you mean because he killed all our friends? We owe this to everyone who's not in this room to try. It's not about how much we lost. It's about how much we have left. We're the Avengers. We gotta finish this. You trust me? I do. You could not live with your own failure. Where did that bring you? Back to me. Tickets on sale now. Oh my goodness. Damn. Had you seen that before? No, not this one. How do you feel straight oh, away? Oh god, like like a child again. It's <laughs> it's like Ah, oh, this is so good. Uh it's it's I mean uh, I just want to watch it so much. Yeah, you're just excited now. <laughs> okay, let's let me just go back to uh, where we were before then, yeah. which was here on my Google document. Oh, so I'm loving this. Here's a quick summary of the plot of the film from Wikipedia. It says this: Adrift in space with no food or water, Tony Stark sends a message to the love of his life, Pepper Potts, as his oxygen supply starts to dwindle. Meanwhile, the remaining Avengers, Thor, Black Widow, Captain America, and Bruce Banner, must figure out a way to bring back their vanquished allies for an epic showdown with Thanos, the evil demigod who decimated the planet and the universe in the previous chapter of the series Avengers Infinity Infinity War. So, Mm. there you go. So, you know, in terms of this being a big event movie, what's the sort of context in terms of the the film studio and the work they've done on this so far? Uh... You like you mean the the little history setting the stage? Yeah, so um, it's the first movie was Iron Man two thousand eight. Uh, so they've done twenty one movies this far. This is the twenty second. Yeah, uh, they were built in three phases. First phase being until the first Avengers. Second phase being until the second one, I think, and then yeah. third phase, like all the movies after that, up to this one. Uh, yeah, it's I mean. It changed quite a bit. I, I, I mean, we're talking about it, and I was telling you that it's, it was like a small uh, movie studio, which was, I mean, not really a movie studio. Marvel, original, originally they make comics. Yeah. They used to publish comics since, the I think, the 50s, mm. around that, after DC Comics, Superman, Batman, all that stuff, and then came Marvel Comics later. And then, yeah, around, like, 2000s, they were really, like, in fin- financial trouble, so they had to sell their big properties. Uh, Did they? Like the X- yeah, they sold X Men to um, to Fox. They sold Spider Man to Sony, yeah. and then they were left to like, like you know, the nobodies of their their comics, like Iron Man, Thor. Which I mean, I didn't really know when I was small, younger. I was I read I read like Spider Man, Batman comics, you know, yeah. TV shows, the iconic Batman in the nineties, Spider Man comic books, you know, the Superman movies, all that stuff. But really, Iron Man, um, and I don't know uh, how do you call that 
Captain America. Like, I really didn't know anything. Maybe Hulk a little bit. Hulk yeah. a little bit was more famous than the TV show. I mean, more famous figure. But you really had to start from the ground up yeah. with, like, the very little known and very not very famous Iron Man in 2008. And it was a smash hit. It was a great movie. I, again, as I told you, I rewatched it recently. Yeah. Great, great, amazing movie. Why, why is and it so good, do you think? Because... This is the original, the first yeah. Marvel Studios film. Yeah. So, I mean, as you just said, so some of my listeners might be thinking, but we've mm. had so many superhero films. For mm. me, it feels like people have been trying to make superhero films for years. And we had, yeah. I guess, The Dark Knight. I mean, there, there was... A lot of superhero films in bits and pieces. That, yeah, I mean, like, even the early ones, like the the Superman film, I think from the seventies. Like they were a little detached. Like there was no real global strategy, like from a studio. Like, there were always properties. There were also like the the Batman TV show. I think in the sixties with uh, mm-hmm. what's his name, um, Adam West. Adam West <laughs> was it Billy West? Adam West. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the Superman movies with Christopher Reeve. Uh, even like the Supergirl movies, somewhere in there, there was an, there were old Captain America movies, Fantastic Four, of course, also a big franchise, and and we had uh, Batman, uh, the yeah Tim uh, Burton, Tim Burton Batman, which I really like, yeah, yeah, oh, great movie as well, yeah, yeah. and and then um, yeah, then we got just all the way to Joel Schumacher and uh, Batman and Robin, which kind of like killed that, but it was, I mean, all this effort was kind of work in. Like properties were isolated from each other, and it, there was no like global uh, uh, studio mm-hmm. practice of having the cinematic universes. Uh, and even like around two thousand, you had Blade, X Men, yeah. those movies restarting kind of um, the the superhero movie kind of renaissance at that point. Yeah, and then what? Yeah, the big difference that that happened with Marvel movies and Iron Man is that they they had this strategy of we're gone not not only are we gonna put some money to make good uh superhero movies for over a long period of time but we're gonna do it so that we we have we we build that multi multi movie universe where mm-hmm. everything's kind of connected but not really but we have we we have a, a universe that extends to several movies and the idea yeah. the prospect of other superheroes starring in each other's films. Exactly, exactly. The crossover appeal. Crossover, the the Avengers movie, which is like the the big, like the, the event movie, basically. Like you bring all the the soup, you bring the super team together. Yeah, exactly. That concept that I don't think really ever existed before in movies, in, in comics, obviously, uh, it existed, but in movies, not really. I think not like that. This is. This is something else, yeah. which is why it's so big. But, I mean, a lot of the superhero films, they try to make big franchises like the X-Men, which is kind of reasonably yeah. successful. No, it is, but it's it's like it's already a team. You know, like there's no... Yeah, they no, started as a team. Yeah, there's no... The, the build-up is different. Like, so it's not exactly comparable, you know, yeah. Yeah. in terms of like bringing things together. But also there was just something about the kind of Marvel formula yes. for each film, yeah. which means that those films are just good. And, yeah. and like a lot of other superhero films in the past, before the Marvel films happened 10 years ago with Iron Man at the beginning, mm. a lot of those superhero films were pretty good. I mean, like notable yeah. ones for me are The Dark Knight, which yes, everyone obviously. talks about. Yeah, great trilogy. That, yeah. that Christopher Nolan trilogy, the, mm-hmm. the, the Dark Knight and Batman Begins yeah. in particular being pretty good. Yeah. 
but they're a different thing. They're very serious and dark and stuff. Yeah. But other and ones, again, they're really their own little thing. They're, I mean, their own little uh, universe. Yeah, kind of exactly. Thing. It's three movies and out, and yeah. and it's only it's Batman. It's it. There's no intention to you know bring in Superman or I don't know connect it to a larger universe. There, I mean, there was there. I mean, there was later after Christopher yeah. Nolan's films. Yeah, we'll talk about <laughs> we'll talk about the Justice League and Batman yeah. versus Superman. Maybe we'll we'll, mm. we'll mention those. No, at some Batman point. v Superman. It's Batman v, not versus v Superman. Okay, Dawn of Justice. Batman v Superman colon Dawn of Justice. BVS colon DOJ. Right, what a mouthful. <laughs> But a lot of films these days have got colons in them. Yeah, yeah, Avengers, yeah. colon, Endgame. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, no, that's... Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, Alien versus Predator, colon, Requiem. Requiem. But what? It's ridiculous. <sighs> Any, anyway, uh, but those other superhero films, for me, except for some notable exceptions, there was always something lacking. There was something yeah. missing. They weren't quite as... that. They weren't quite right. Like, there was the Ang Lee uh, Hulk film. Yeah, that... that I liked it, but I, I, st- I liked the sort of emotional intensity of the film because it was about a guy struggling with anger issues. And the I felt like the, the, the version of Hulk they had in that film that I liked was the yeah. fact that he got bigger, noticeably bigger, the, ang- <laughs> yeah. the angrier yeah, he yeah. got. And I, I thought that was pretty uh, effective. And there was the fight scene with him and his dad, Nick Nolte, at oh, the yeah. end, which is actually a it- rather beautiful scene, I think. Of all the fight scenes yeah. in movies, that one is uh, amazing. They're flying through the clouds and into the water and all that stuff. I, I thought that was quite Having stunning. rewatched it recently, it kind of looks terrible to me. Really? But I th- there was an attempt to do something quite original with that movie, which I think doesn't hold up very well, but I see what you mean. Like, there was... It was less of like, sorry, as uh, it was less of like scattershot attempts. Like, let's go and try this thing, this weird comic thing you know like it was yeah i think it was seen as something like a little marginal like for nerds and you know with no really global mass or, or mass it, appeal it was kind of like filmmakers and studios were trying to make superhero films yeah. that everyone knew like we've got there's something here yeah, like, exactly ev- particularly all the filmmakers probably mm. were always were, were all big fans of superhero superhero comics yeah, probably and they were well. like we really want to make films yeah. that are as good as the comics but no one managed to quite get it right yeah but, get the tone of like comic yeah. comic book movies, like translating that tone in a movie. That was really like the the first great thing uh, Marvel did. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I don't know if they're the first one to do it, but to do it over such a long period and over like such different movies, because in the end they they managed to really get the tone of the global tone of comic book movies, but also like specifically for different characters to get like a different feel for like you know when you watch a Captain America movie and you watch a Guardians of the Galaxy movie they're really different movies mm. in, in, but there's some unifying kind of unifying principle around like how to balance uh, humor and like serious themes like you know I mean there are lots of people dying in these movies lots of things about like you know parents and loss and being abandoned oh you know like you know like real themes going through but with some kind of like levity going all through it which makes it i don't know it's just like a good pop mix it's just a good yeah the right balance of things i suppose definitely definitely. Um, so yeah and, and also casting uh, yes, I mean Robert Down- Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. in yes. the original Iron Man yeah, film. You were asking why it's first of all. Ro- I mean Robert Downey Jr. is just great Iron Man. 
Like yeah. the character is great and his acting is great. They they nailed it. Like they the way I basically I mean because I just rewatched it, so I remember it quite well. And the the opening shot, the way it's introduced in the movie. You know, there's basically they're in Afghanistan and there there's a convoy because he went to Afghanistan to present a new weapon. Mm-hmm. And before you see him, you just see a shot of his hand holding a whiskey glass. <laughs> <laughs> you know, with, with ACDC, like, you know, and you just yeah. see the whiskey glass and you kind of, okay, you kind of get it. And this guy in like sunglasses and a suit in like, a, you know, in a big uh, Humvee, yeah, like with military people who also admire him. And then the, the, the big explosion because of He's the, a weapons manufacturer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Originally, weapons Tony Stark, uh, well, he, yes. No, well, not, I mean, he manufacturer. Because he's a, he's a weapons manufacturer. He's a private yes. sector weapons manufacturer. Exactly. So basically, his father, Howard Stark, founded the Stark Company, um, I mean, in the in the story of the, the Marvel universe, Stark was part of this team, the Manhattan Project, who so the team that did the atomic bomb, mm. and then he helped with you know all the Captain America stuff, and he built a company. And then when he died, uh, Tony took over the company. Tony was was a little genius, you know, this kind of like pictures of him with like Steve Jobs in the movie and stuff like really? that. Really? Yeah, yeah. So he's he's yeah, kind like of young genius. We we yeah, we kind of place him in with those pe- real people yeah, exactly. like Steve Jobs and what's his name? Elon Bill Musk. It's, yeah, but it's, it's that level of uh, it's that of guy. kind of guy. Yeah, exactly. But he's he's a genius, but he's also a little bit uh off the rails. Yeah, exactly. He's like a playboy type of character. He's, he's a mess- drink yeah, drinking, messing with women, uh, not very si- taking stuff very seriously, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, so he goes to Afghanistan, presents the, the the new weapon called the Jericho. It's kind of like a a scary multi bomb rocket. It's it's kind of like you know big weapon, and he doesn't really care about the business he's doing, etc. Then the convoy is on to I think go back to America. Gets attacked. He gets kidnapped by terrorists. Uh, who are working with someone else. Uh, and then, while in captivity, with the help of an, I think it's an Afghani engineer he's captured with, who saves his life uh, by building a battery in his chest. That, that's, that's where it gets comic book. <laughs> but I, it, it, I, it works. I don't know why. I couldn't tell you why it works. I've never really understood what that thing is. So the guy says, talking, I, "Sorry, listeners, we're talking about the the, the glowing, yeah. the glowing, yeah, the glowing circle uh, sphere at the center of his chest." What's the name of it? There's a, it's the arc reactor. The, yeah, That's the it. arc reactor. Yeah. So basically, the concept is in the um, during the attack, he gets shrapnel over his chest. Yeah. And the guy builds a battery <laughs> to keep the which, I mean, again, this is not a science movie, in but theory, in theory, like he says, he builds a battery to keep the shrapnel. Out of his heart, basically a magnet. He puts a magnet in his heart, uh, n- next to his heart, not in his heart. Yeah. Uh, to keep the shrapnel out, uh, to keep him alive, like a like a magnet plugged to a big battery. Yeah. Uh, and then he's asked to build like weapons for the guys because one of the great things about Tony Stark that throughout the movie is that he's actually like a craftsman. Like he does things himself with his hands, which is kind of like 
one of the other things that's quite interesting about that character is that you see him do a lot of things. Of course, comic book things, but you see him, like, you know, knocking with a hum- hammer on, like, steel and then, you know, doing stuff, failing, retesting stuff, etc. So he's a real... Engineer. Yeah, he's an engineer guy. He's like, you know, sure, I'm a, I'm a screw-up and I drink too much and whatever, but at the core, I'm just a guy, you know, nuts and bolts. I, I will build stuff. So he builds, like, the first prototype of his armor in the cave because they gave him like all the things to build the the weapons but uh, oh i see so the, the, yeah, yeah. the his kidnappers have kept yeah. him in the cave prov- saying build us weapons yeah or we'll kill you kind of thing or exactly something. and instead of building the weapon he builds the armor i see know, unbeknownst to the guys because he's being protected by the afghani engineer who saved his life okay uh so he manages to build the armor like a very rough prototype he barely escapes, uh, gets in the desert. And there's, there is that aw- sorry, there's that awesome scene uh, mm. that you've just reminded me of where he first tries out the armor and he escapes from the cave yeah. and the terrorists are shooting at him and, 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 and it's, it's frightening, actually, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah, of the, yeah. the, the, the effectiveness of this suit that he's built. It's got flamethrowers on yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. It's it, a scary... Yeah, it's played a little scary. Like, in the cave, you... When the, the the terrorists go to like you know they realize something is wrong and they go in the 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 compart the the room in the cave where he's hiding and you hear they only hear like the, the screws and the like, they, yeah exactly the servo before, before they see the armor before we see the armor and it's kind of like this huge uh, steel figure coming out of the dark and it's kind of you imagine like you know facing that little gun and it's like sorry it's a little scary yeah um yeah, yeah sorry, no, it's, it's fred, fred says sorry because he keeps uh, moving his yeah moving my mic the microphone keeps getting uh, yeah further but it, further it's, away. it cuts quite an ominous figure yes definitely yes and it, it yeah it, it's scary and it's rough and the the, the the armor start to like fall apart because you know it's been built in a cave it's not supposed to like uh take the the brunt of like all the the kalashnikovs in this era yeah and he barely manages to escape and then he goes back to america and then okay and then iron he goes man. i'm yes. gonna now make yeah. this my work i'm gonna build a yeah, proper yeah, yeah. suit yeah. but does isn't there a change in his character then it, there's no change. Uh, isn't there a change? Yeah, yeah. Because when he comes back, he decides to stop completely the military operations because he realizes, oh, I, I just, you know, managed to basically the arc reactor you were talking about is first the technology they used to power some uh, factories for the Stark Industries, and then he manages to basically miniaturize it, and that's what he has in his chest. So he decides, okay, I'm just gonna become basically like an energy manufacturer, like this incredible source of energy, and I'm going to stop the military operations. Mm. That's when his partner, Obadiah Stain. What a great name. Obadiah what? Stain. Stain. S-T-A-N-E. Obadiah Stain. Played by Jeff Bridges. Great. Yeah. Um, Decides to basically double-cross him. Then you realize it was Obadiah Stain who uh, helped the terrorists capture Tony Stark. There's a whole plot to get him out of the company, you know. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Well, spoiler alert for... (laughs) For a 10-year-old movie. 2008. Um, But yeah, yeah. Yeah. But frankly, even with that, it's it's a movie I would recommend because it's it's really funny. It's really witty. Um, Tony Stark is a great character. Yeah, he he has this change of heart. Uh, But even then, he goes through like... Some more phases where he's very vengeful at first and then kind of realizes, okay, I have to, like, figure out who I am as Iron Man. Yeah, there's a lot of complicated Um, character development where he's kind of struggling with the idea of 
having this 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 power and this technology and whether he should use it or not and yeah. what kind of systems he should be building yeah. and that kind right, of leads right. us into things like Avengers Age of Ultron where he yeah, decides yeah. to create a defense yeah. a defense system which it, ultimately yeah. gets corrupted yeah, in Iron Man 2 he deals with like alcoholism a little bit yeah uh, in Iron Man 3 with PTSD basically after after the first Avengers kind yeah. of like you know he almost died in space so <laughs> a little affected yeah, yeah decide to like uh give up the um, the suit basically on a uh, spider-man 2 uh like no more of that you know i'm gonna automate i just say automate everything uh the the armor are gonna be just like robots Drones. empty robots yeah exactly and then ultron is like uh, i'm gonna kill everybody yeah because because <laughs> it's i mean we're jumping around all over here yes. fred but uh the age of ultron for me like uh it's good. It's good, but it's not yeah. one of the best. I think that the 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 bad guy Ultron is just mm-hmm. another example of Hollywood, basically that Hollywood trope, which is when technology gets intelligent, yeah. it, it decides to ob- obliterate yeah. all human life for no. Turns out the real enemy is man. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> and it's always the same. Yeah, it's kind of like the technology develops and develops and develops, and then goes, oh, oh, I've realized. We need to destroy all of humanity. <laughs> and then, okay, it's yeah. that thing you know, again. About, about Avengers Age of Ultron, which I kind of agree with you, even though I liked it. I have a, My little story about it is that I watched it uh, five times. <laughs> because I, it, I, I was basically... Not because I loved it, because I was kind of running an experiment. I wanted to watch what happens to your mind when you watch a movie every day for seven days. Oh, so you, wait, you watched it five days in a row? Yeah. Again, you had a lot of time on your hands. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was, I was unemployed and young. So, yeah. Yeah, whatever. Oh, I did that uh, sort of yeah, thing yeah, too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And so I kind of like, you know, the movie is kind of imprinted in my mind. Yeah. Um, but it's the kind of thing where that, that not necessarily related to this movie, but I think when you watch a movie five times in a row, <laughs> your your mind shuts down automatically <laughs> when part an interesting parts come up and you wake up almost like, like on a, as a timer when the funny part comes up. And I will say that even at the fifth time, some jokes still landed. So I was like, okay. Some of the jokes still worked Yeah, for you. yeah. Like the, some jokes about like Vision, Thor, like, you know, a lot of things worked about that movie, I think. Like even all- though it was like the, the end was so long. Ugh. Oh, God. The I mean, final battle. Yeah, these, this is one of the things I don't like about those Marvel yeah. films, certainly in this sort of phase one and maybe phase two yeah. as well. It's just that every film, and it's all, all superhero films, have to end with a big computer-generated uh, yeah. wrestling match yeah. where it's two com- CGI uh, characters yeah. smashing each other. Yeah, either that or, in the case of Ultron, uh, one CGI person punching a hundred useless robots or you know faceless <laughs> characters happens in avengers happens in avengers age of ultron it's like you know dispensable it, enemies to, that you can an, just like to an extent it happens in avengers infinity war as well with those yeah, that is true. Out, outriders that is true. you know the, yeah yeah even though i like them because they have the very scary thing where they sacrifice themselves mindlessly to break the wall yeah you know they they have they, they add a little twist to make it more interesting but yeah but yeah, but yeah. in the end, that's not really the battle that matters. So it's not. It's like, yes. Okay. All right. So yes. li- listeners, the, as you can hear, this is very rambling Ooh. stuff, but this is what you've, I guess, come to expect from episodes of this podcast. Um, 
All right, so 21 movies since 2008. Yes. More than $18 billion of box office worldwide. $18 billion. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? You know, it? I, I was thinking about something recently, is that when you go to a movie, and which is also kind of why I see all these big movies, whether I like them or not, is really the only time you'll see, like, $200 million in your life. You know what I mean? Oh, $200 mean, million dollars worth of anything. You can see how they spent the money. Yeah. So it's you're looking at something... Uh, in, um, where you can, yeah, you're looking at something incredible yeah. in a sense. You never see that anywhere in your life. You're like, this is, you're, you're, your eyes are open. And you're like, this for the last two hours that was two hundred million dollars. I don't know if some buildings, how much some buildings cost to make. That oh yeah, buildings. Uh, some, I don't know how much they cost though. I don't know if I enjoy buildings as much. I don't know. Some buildings are great, but um, it's true. Uh, I never thought about that. I, yeah. I don't know. I'm just trying to. I can't think of a mm. good example, mm. but maybe something like the Shard in London. Mm. I wonder if I can find out. It's just a shard random value. Uh, shard in London uh, uh, cost uh, construction cost. Uh, I'm just googling this, is. folks. Uh, we got it. Construction cost. I construction. Yeah, like give cost. A- Hold on, let's find out what this is. Um, okay, yeah, um, three hundred and fifty. We're looking at no, it's four hundred thirty-five million pounds. Okay, it it costs four hundred thirty-five million pounds to to Jeez. build the shard, which is the, currently the the highest building in the UK. Oh my god! Uh, and it, it it looks quite a lot like um, the Tower of Baradur from. Uh, Ah, Lord of the Rings. From the Lord of the Rings, you yeah. know, uh, Sauron. Yeah, yeah. With yeah, the yeah. eye of Sauron on the, the top. Eye. It looks a little bit like yeah, that. Yeah. I see. <laughs> oh, that's a great movie. Uh, it is a great film. Maybe we'll do a film club about that one day. The, 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 the first Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring is... Uh, is t- oh, that's great, isn't it? Um, so, uh, so yeah, you can see where the money has gone when you watch the film. Yes, because yes. it's the, yes. the effects are incredible. Uh, you know, Chris Evans' wig is really oh, amazing. That beard. That beard. And he wears a wig, folks, by the way. Chris Evans is Captain, didn't know that, Captain America. That, that blonde hair is actually a wig. Wow. Um, Great uh, wig. It's a very good wig, isn't it? Very you can see wig. where they spent the money. Yes. He's not it's bald very... in real life. It's no, just no, because no. he's got brown hair. He's not Captain America in real life either, so... No. Wig. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he's Captain America's uh, blonde. Hmm. Um all right, so should we start talking about Avengers Endgame then? How much are you anticipating this film? Well, very much, as I told you, because it's like the... I mean, everything is in the title, Endgame. It's been 11 years, I watched all the movies, and not only that, I mean, it's just it's not just like completion. It's not just like, okay, let's finish it. It's because the Infinity War was surprisingly good. I, I really had low expectations for that movie because... Again, with big, big movies, usually they tend to be very, um, I don't know, uh, lukewarm. Mm -hmm. You know, know, it's like they satisfy everybody, but they don't really try anything. And this one was like, whoa. First of all, great villain, I think. Thanos. For this type of movie, yeah. Especially when they had uh, troubles with villains before that being interesting or, you know, being like very... Hollywood and uh, you know, like 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 Ultron, for example. Yeah, like all. Yeah. The the the, the, pro- the pro- problem. The other problem I had with Ultron, no. as well as him being a bit generic in terms of I am a robot that wants to kill humans because mm. all humans are bad. Uh, the other problem I have is that the CGI. He's made of metal, right? But mm. His mouth moves like a normal person's mouth. <laughs> I just. 
that was a detail that I just couldn't deal with. Oh my god! Yeah, uh, five five times and I didn't notice it. Um, I can't believe that wasn't something you picked up on because no. I was watching the first time I saw it. I was watching no. it thinking, "This is great," but why is Ultron's mouth moving like that? It's made of metal. I mean, I know it's vibranium, I, I and vibranium is like magic metal. But really, what does he have lips? Just yeah, has he got like little? Why why is his mouth moving around like yeah. that? Yeah, I don't know. When he's like, you know, it's if you if he does certain vowel sounds, the, yeah, the mouth goes mean. rounded and like it's a he's metal. He's C three PO for fuck's sake. I never noticed it. You're totally right. <laughs> That movie's ruined for me now. That, that really, really kind of spoiled the film for me. Yeah, uh, some details like not, that. Not entirely. Cause no, I, no, but I see I, what you mean. I will watch Age Age of Ultron if it's on the telly because yeah. you know there's a bit of uh, like I watch like the, he's basically opening scene at the party. It's pretty good. Yeah, when they do this thing with the hammer, testing that who's worthy enough to lift the hammer, and Captain America lifts it, and it's like it moves a little bit. It's like eh, on the glass table. That's and, interesting. Yeah. That that. That oh hold on that's a that's our doorbell I'm going to pause the podcast. Damn. Okay, so that was the doorbell, the postman at the door delivering something fascinating. Thank you, the post. Yeah. Um, so where? Sorry, yeah, where, Ultron. Where we? Um, we were talking about Ultron. How I? Uh, yeah, but yeah, you were saying Infinity War was surprisingly good. Yes, because uh, again, compared to the usual level of villainy. Uh, they managed to have a um, menacing figure. For example, what they do, they basically they set him up as very strong because first minutes, basically, he beats Hulk in like a three-punch <laughs> knockout. Not my favorite moment in the film, I have to say. Well, I, I thought Infinity War was great, uh, but the fight scene with Hulk, I don't know what it was. First of all, mm-hmm. Thanos is very big. Mm-hmm. He's kind of muscle-bound. Yeah like stock he's very stocky and big yeah and he's throwing these sorts of punches yeah. like i don't know like i think little, someone of that bulk and that size wouldn't like have flyweight yeah he's like throwing like punches yeah, and it's kind of human. like he's rolling his shoulders into the punches yeah and i kind of think no man no 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 the the <laughs> bone structure the sight <laughs> The bo- it doesn't the work. Yeah, the bone structure. We, you, you, You're all about bodies, the lips, yeah, I mean, the mouth, the yeah, bone structure. Yeah, the physical <laughs> details yeah, matter I mean, to me. Yeah. But I just feel like Thanos wouldn't be able to punch like punch that. like that. Not not when he's that big and he's got all that armor on. I don't know. For me, that was what that's what that was a surprising part is that you wouldn't expect him to do it. And but it's a very short thing. For me, it's more yeah. like okay, maybe it's not the. Best executed thing. I have known nothing about boxing or fighting, so I wouldn't know. Uh, uh, but I mean, it, it just sets him up as like physical. Physically, he's like stronger than Hulk. Yeah, that, they had to do that. Yeah, they had to do that. They had to show us. Look, yeah, Thanos is uh, someone a force to be reckoned with, and exactly. look at the way he deals with Hulk. Yeah. And we're supposed to go, "Oh my God, he beat the Hulk!" Yeah, not you only know. did he beat the Hulk, he <laughs> he he beat he, he beat him like so quickly and so easily. Then yeah. it's like okay, kind of introducing a new level of enemy. Yeah. Uh, then he he. he but again, again, sorry, I have to stop you there because the thing about the Hulk is that, as we've seen from previous mm-hmm. films, the thing about him is that the more you punch him, yeah. the stronger he gets. Yeah. The more you attack him, the more angry and stronger yeah. he gets. That's the whole point of the Hulk. Is that, that is true? He is this thing that the more you 
put bullets into him, the more yeah. strong, the bigger and stronger he gets. Yeah, and you, it, it's like he feeds off the anger and the energy. So if you, if you, so are we saying that Hulk has got little weak points, and if you punch him in those weak points, then that whole magic Hulk power doesn't work? I think what they did because you were talking about the angry Hulk, yeah, that happened, yeah, what they tweaked, and I think why it works, and that's also used throughout the movie, is that. Um, Hulk, more than being some kind of representation of emotion, um, emotions of uh, Bruce Banner or something, is really a second character that lives with Bruce Banner. And in the end, it doesn't come out because of basically a confidence crisis, which is, you know, a tweak that I understand the way they, they live together in symbiosis like so wait you're saying that the again people who've mm. seen the film will know that hulk doesn't come back in if uh, infinity yeah. war after he gets beaten and there's this whole thing of like bruce banner struggling maybe hulk needs therapy yeah they both they need they need to sit down and <laughs> 30 minutes of endgame or devoted or doctor, <laughs> doctor strange needs to have a word but um well but he can't he can't anymore <laughs> he can't anymore but um but uh wait what was i gonna say oh, damn Damn. What, what did you just say? Oh, like about the crisis of conflict. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I, I heard the, or read that the Russo brothers, the directors of the film, mm-hmm. uh, say it's not really a crisis of confidence. It's not that he's scared of Thanos. Mm-hmm. It's that he's decided that he's fed up with Bruce Banner always. Basically, he's fed up with being just used, used by Bruce mm-hmm. Banner. Because mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. whenever mm-hmm. Bruce Banner's like, okay, so we've got a problem. Okay, Hulk. Come on. Come like, on. It's like he's fed up with just being told what to do by yeah, Bruce yeah. Banner all the time. Yeah, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like this kind of like detaching those two characters in one body. That's that's an, a different route, definitely. But it has its ups and downs. Like in Ragnarok is interesting. And- I find it f- interesting. It, it's also interesting to me that when Bruce Banner is Bruce Banner, mm. can Hulk see and does he know what's going on? Because mm. like, <laughs> surely... Like, when Bruce Banner's like, okay, I need to become Hulk now. And yeah. Hulk's like, no. It's like, what, Hulk, are you watching? you know what's going on? It's like, no, no, no. It's like, are there sandwiches? No, I'm not coming. You know, like, Bruce is, uh, Hulk, Hulk is aware. Is he's aware of what's going on when yeah. he's not Hulk. And that's why he chooses not to come out. Like, where, where is Hulk when it's, when Hulk Bruce, is not out? When Bruce Banner is not Hulk, yeah. is Hulk aware of what's going on in the world? I and is that why, like, if, because Surely, if he's choosing not to come out, yeah. he must be aware of what's going on. Some, either that, or, either that, or it's just simply when Hulk is starts Summoned. to be brought into existence. Yeah. He's, regardless of what's going on, yeah. Hulk's response is like, "Well, no." Yeah, but, but then <laughs> kind sure, of a dormant conscience. Somewhere. But that's that's a bad move by Hulk, isn't it? Because if Bruce Banner gets shot in the head during that time, yeah. then Hulk is also dead. Surely, because the only reason no, that Bruce Banner because could, they. Yeah, yeah, but he's choosing not to come. I know what you're going to say because yeah, in yeah. the in the Hulk film they yeah. established that if you shoot, if Bruce Banner gets shot in the head, shoots Hulk, himself in the head. If he shoots himself in the head, or I suppose gets shot in the yeah, head, exactly. the Hulk instantly yeah. uh, takes over and to spits survive. out the bullet, yeah. right? But um, if Hulk is refusing to come, yeah, then surely maybe in case of emergency, maybe know. what Tony Stark should have done is like, okay, uh, Bruce, so you're having trouble with Hulk. I'll, I'll get, I'll summon him yeah. and just shoot Bruce Banner <laughs> in the head. And Hulk's like, Oh fuck, you got me. Okay. 
<laughs> maybe that's an maybe that's an option. <laughs> maybe that's what they're going to do in Avengers they're Endgame. They're going to shoot Bruce Banner. If yeah. you don't come out, that, I can imagine that in the film, die. like like Steve Rogers going, "Okay, Bruce, it's the only way." Yeah, you know, like, we're going like, to have to shoot you in the head. I understand. I did it before. <laughs> Go ahead and shoot me. Right. So, but you were saying or the that universe. You think that in Infinity War, Thanos was a great villain? Great villain, uh, and um, yeah, that was strongest part of the movie really because uh-huh. without Thanos there's no movie uh-huh. the rest is kind of the rest is good obviously but really it's like if you don't see the threat and you don't know why all these people will come together if you if you don't realistically believe that all these people will come together to do all those things and fight and you know fight again like find a bigger reason to cross path and actually unite in spite of all their differences all that it all stands, you know, on mm. Thanos. Mm. And, mm. yeah. I mean, Thor being with the Guardians, it's funny. Like, you know, like, having all these characters, like, interacting. For example, in the next movie, we're going to have, like, you know, Ant-Man and Captain Marvel, which is just, like, you want to see that. Because yeah. you've seen Ant-Man deal with, like, you know, the superhero stuff. Or, like, when Spider-Man ended up in space. It's just fun to watch those people interact. We were talking about getting the balance right. Okay? Yeah. It is a strange, slightly precarious, um, like, circus act that we've got going on yes. in oh, terms yeah, of balance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you've got, on one hand, very sort of pomp, quite serious characters with... Gods. Gods, yeah. Like, like uh, Thor, who used to be a serious character, and he's yeah. become more humorous. Yeah, yeah. They kind of changed it. He, he was very boring. He and was, they, they had he to was. tweak. They had, they had to tweak it. Because it would have been insufferable to have. No, his solo movies would have been dead, basically. It yeah. was okay to see him, like, in Avengers next to Tony Stark, you know, that was okay. Or next to Hulk, yeah. uh, testing his strength and, you know, being the kind of the the uh, ideal of uh, honor and, you know, all this, all this stuff. Yeah. But on his own, it was just so dour and boring. So, but you do have that. He, they've changed him now, but you still have mm. those kinds of big, serious characters. Yeah. And then on the other end of the scale, you've got the small, <laughs> lightweight, funny characters yeah. like Ant Man. Ant Man, uh, Rocket Raccoon. You know, I mean, he's a raccoon. I don't know how they pulled it off, but there's a CGI raccoon, and you never think, oh, there's a CGI raccoon. But he's one of my favorite characters of because, course. you know, as we see uh, in, event, in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, there's just such emotional. Yes. Uh, yeah. depth to him even in Guardians when you see like the scars of in his back you know that this, he's been tortured you know all I mean all of the Guardians have this kind of trend of a lot of abuse a lot of flaws you know yeah. very like very dark almost like almost like lower class heroes yeah you know that just had to struggle through the universe with all the powerful people stepping on them and you yeah. know you see there's a lot of stuff going R- on Rocket Raccoon is yeah, he's very touching because you realise that he's completely alone in a way. Completely. There's no one... He doesn't, doesn't have any family. Nope. There's no one else like him because he's a unique uh, creature that's been created yeah, by scientists. Exactly. So that's kind quite of, sad. Kind of, hor- kind of horrible. Lonely yeah. and sad. But yeah. he's brilliant. Brilliant. But he's got so much... <laughs> he's got so many personal personality issues. Yes, yes. Oh. Like so much deep-seated... Uh, um, <laughs> Uh, you know, deep-seated uh, neurosis, yeah, exactly. um, which affects his behavior and <sighs> makes him do ridiculous, yeah. stupid things. Also, it's funny. He's very funny and very. It's real. 
He's he's got he's got loads of funny comebacks and he's got a bad attitude yeah, and yeah. and also he loves killing people. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes he's, there's a scene in the uh, um, <laughs> in the first one when during the the guard when they're getting out of prison. Yeah, he basically you know lists all the things he need he needs and he lists also like some guy's eye. <laughs> Yeah, he's also obsessed with with collecting yeah. collecting other people's yeah. body parts. Yeah, exactly. Some guys eye, some guys leg, and you know, once he has everything, and people are like, "What is what is the leg for?" It's like, no, no, I just want the leg. Yeah, I just uh, like having a leg. And he wants to get uh, the Winter Soldier's arm. Yeah, exactly. How much for the arm? You know, it's not for sale. <laughs> not for sale. Yeah. How much for the gun? It's not for sale. How much for the arm? He's like, I'm going to get that arm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, he got Thor's eye. <laughs> Yeah, he gave Thor an eye, which was very, very eye. moved and touching moment. You know, because, you know, as everybody does, he had a spare eye. <laughs> I don't understand how that eye works. Who doesn't is, have a spare eye? Is that eye? a real... Is that Can Thor see through that eye, do you think? Yeah, I think I think it's, um, it's a mechanical eye he stole from someone during okay. Gardens 2, something like that. So, yeah, so yeah, it yeah. does allow Thor to see with depth. Yeah. He's got depth perception <laughs> again. Because, to be honest, I was a bit concerned for Thor when he lost his eye in Thor Ragnarok. Because I thought... That's going to affect his fighting abilities, surely. Don't swing that axe. You're going to cut yourself. Yeah, exactly. If you're wielding a huge axe around the room, like uh, he does in yeah. End Endgame, as yeah. we see from the trailer. He wields. He uh, wields. You're going to need depth perception <laughs> yes, so you don't cut off your friend's head. Uh, uh, yeah, you're going to do it. You're going to need it. So thank goodness, um, thank goodness for Rocket Raccoon and yeah. the, and the smaller, weirder characters that balance out the bigger, more serious ones. Yeah, def- definitely something you need. You can't just have all these super powerful characters. Yeah, you have. I mean, the core of it is you have the engineer Tony Stark, like you know, kind of self self made to the, to the extent that he has no powers, and he basically created his own power. You have Captain America, which is like the 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 brave character you know yeah. originally the 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 national emblem which was just you paraded as kind of you know during World War Two to for, support the troops Captain America punching Hitler to sell uh, government bonds yeah to, exactly to pay for the exactly. war effort and turned into you know more of a f- agent of freedom to some extent yeah I found I mean some aspects of Captain America are cheesy yeah, to the yeah. nth degree where he's yeah. this American superhero he's called Captain America he's called Captain America he has God's a shield thing. with a big star on it yeah it's terrible can. isn't it yeah. it's terrible but <laughs> but I love character, Captain America he's one of my favourite characters of course despite the fact that his name is Captain America yeah, yeah. like really Captain America but see that, that's that's where that's where Marvel is good is that they really get this kind of hokey cheesy thing about Captain America and it turned him into like you you because you've seen him over the course of several movies you see again they all lost a lot of things and you know his struggles his battles for you know uh, for yeah kind of justice you know he's really kind of the more classic justice superhero yeah uh, in he's, that he, sense. he's a bit like superman in that way in, yeah exactly the ideology that he represents exactly but, closer um, to that yeah, St- Steve Rogers, Captain America, is interesting because he starts out as this weak little guy mm. yes. uh, who has got sort of health issues and he's mm. not quite strong it's enough too scrawny to, uh, to join up yeah, for the exactly. army. But somehow he gets in 
and um, he gets on the program. Basically. He gets on the program, and he's the thing that he has. Even though he's not physically strong, is he's got the spirit. Yes, uh, uh, he already has. A, he always had the spirit all along. All he yeah. needed is the body. Yeah, and uh, and he manages to win over the heart of Peggy Carter. But Peggy the, Carter, oh, yes. I love Peggy Carter. Yes, great character. Um, what's what's her name? Haley Atwell, the Haley Atwell, the, the, the actress, English actress. Yes. Yeah. No, I mean also great casting. Yeah, I was. I think I was. There was a list of like all the actors: uh, Glenn Close, Robert Redford, uh, Haley Atwell. Yeah, as you mentioned, who else? Kate Blanchett. Yes. Who, who else is that? Uh, yeah. Jeff Russell. Bridges, Michael Douglas, Kurt Russell. Yeah, I forget Benicio del Toro, Tilda Swinton. I mean, they just the managed. list goes on and on. They managed and on. to get like really for some small parts a lot of very good actors. That also helps. That yeah. also helps to sell all of that comic uh, book thing. Yes, Definitely. it does. Um, th- th- I mean, as we go through this rambling conversation, mm-hmm. there are going to be some things that we're missing. Yeah. Uh, well, as I said before, we can't, we can't possibly cover everything. But um, so, okay, Infinity War was uh, great because of the villain and all that stuff. Um, okay, let's talk about um, uh, Kevin Feige. Is that how you Feige? say Feige? Is that yeah. how you say his name? Yeah. Kevin Feige. So who is Kevin Feige? So Kevin Feige is basically the boss of the studios. Mm-hmm. He's the main producer. You'll see his name in the credits of all the movies. And he's the man who um, brought to life this universe. So as I said, in 2008, Dying Company. Uh, and they didn't have the choice. And they only had the small characters. And bit by bit... I mean, it was quite smart because they started really slowly. They said, okay, we... We're going to have the Avengers if it works, but let's start with, like, basically small character movies. We're going to do Iron Man, we're going to do Thor, we're going to do Captain America. Like, among the bunch we're we're left with, uh, let's find, you know, the best ones. So let's give them to, like, good directors, people who write well, and let's do, like, three, basically, like, three movies. Mm. Sorry. Uh, and uh, let's just try to like establish something small. Mm. And he basically he's the unifying figure around all these movies, like for the last eleven years, and probably more. I mean, I don't know how long it has been in development. Probably since like two thousand and five or something like that. Uh, and yeah, he's the guy. And that was the other part that was so unique is that you had one person who really represented the spirit of the MCU and who was at the center of all the operations and managed to while keeping the control of, like, all the operations, managed to, like, give away enough power to enough people, creative people, to, you know... He trusted a lot of people in order to get these movies out there and, you know, find the right people, find the right directors, the right screenwriters, the right, you know, actors. Uh, And, I mean, you have... I mean, you have Star Wars. That's, like, the other, I would say, big... Uh, film franchise. Yeah, film franchise. You have maybe James Bond as well. That's also pretty big. Harry Potter. Uh, well, Harry po- Harry Potter, but that's a little different because it was, I mean, one set of, uh, uh, I would say that, books, and then that was it. I feel like they're trying to keep the franchise it's not going. Working. It's not working. What Let, let's not go too deep into the crimes of Grindelwald, but have, it's not working. I haven't seen the other those new mm-hmm. Harry Potter films. You don't need to. Okay, okay <laughs> fine. Um... But yeah, like really this, he took all those disparate units of uh, intellectual properties and just brought them together in such a great fashion. Now, I was saying like, you don't really hear about producers 
much in the movie, you know, industry because you don't really they're not, you know, they're in the background, they're, you yeah. know, doing their thing, earning their money, yeah. not being at the the forefront, but he's really like the main thing. If there's one, maybe apart from Robert Downey Jr., who mm-hmm. because he's jump started a project if this one figure and it's quite rare it's kevin feige yeah. and i think he managed through like 10 11 years you know to not lose his mind even when it was working so so well you know i mean you look at for example as you said the batman in tim burton or even star wars to some extent like when it gets big sometimes people people lose their mind a little bit you, you, you mean something like when a when a film franchise that is run by one person gets yeah. so big that one person can lose their judgment exactly like george lucas maybe arguably exactly with the with the prequel films the prequels, in the yeah. 90s and the early noughties yeah, yeah, yeah that he he didn't have the same level of judgment he was surrounded yeah. by yes men yeah definitely. And, and it led to I th- I think most people agree those prequel films are a bit of a mess. Yes, um, and a bit of a mess. Well, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I have yeah. listeners who who whenever I talk about Star Wars and I say I don't mm. like the prequels, I have listeners who say I love the prequels. Yeah, yeah. no, so I there, mean, are, there are people who love those obviously, films, obviously, because they've got their own thing going on. But you know, they've got like a sort yeah, of certain. Let, let's say certain, a bit of a mess in in terms of like you you clearly see that they some. Again, it's. I mean, it's opinions. You know, tastes and colors. You won't necessarily have to agree, but I think they went off the rail a little bit. Um, or, or, or yeah. I mean, usually, usually with those big franchises, even more than, even more than having a yes man or whatever, it's usually that people just get greedy. They start to like make like sequels that are not really justified, um, or you know, they rush projects. Or mm. like, I mean, even to a certain extent, we'll talk about Star Wars later, but you know. There's there's some kind of the way those movies and in the end at the center of it intellectual properties are managed because they want to just get as much money out of them as possible usually just yeah kind of rush it and somehow Marvel mm. you might I don't think not all twenty one movies are like stellar or like amazing. But first of all, I think that overall they got better with time. Yeah. Like even a smaller, like comparing a small movie like I don't know, the Thor to like a small movie like Ant Man now. Like I feel like they got better in general. Yeah, and also they never really had like a bad bad one. You know, like like no. a terrible one that completely ruins. Like you know, people go out to like, oh my god, you know, we've we've seen ten and the eleventh is like such a terrible one that we won't go back. Even things like. They, they've never released a film that's divided audiences in the way that The Last Jedi did. They, yeah. They've never released a film that, yeah, that got completely uh, yeah. panned by the critics. Yeah. Usually sometimes it's like, eh, it was fine, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, some of them, even like The Last Captain Marvel is, is not like yeah. amazing. It's, it's, it's good. It's some fun. of those films, yeah, I can take them or leave them. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, people always say Thor, The Dark World, Thor 2. Yeah, it's, it's like... Uh, but there is some appeal to that. Like, the, Yeah, of course, of course. I like it's, some it's, of those it's bits. It's not completely... It doesn't completely fall apart. But also, I mean, apart from not falling apart, it doesn't... You see that overall, like, the general trend of quality over the movies, it just stays strong. Yeah. Strong enough to get to Avengers Endgame and everybody's pretty much engaged everyone's still on board yes exactly there's no character that's completely bust you know (laughs) unlike the dc universe the dc where where, you know they like what is it they kicked off the the do you want to talk about it for a minute just for a moment so um so obviously we had the christopher nolan batman films and on the strength of that 
DC were like, right, let's kick it into overdrive. Yes. Let's create the DC cinematic universe. Yes. And they started off with what? Uh, Batman, big, uh, no, no, Superman. Man of Steel. Man of Steel, let's, right? Let's call Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder, Man of Steel. <laughs> now, personally, mm-hmm. I thought it was a... Uh, 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 I, I thought some of it I liked. Yeah. I, like, I enjoyed I really, some I of really it. enjoyed the basically the first half of it. Yeah. Really good. And yeah. then... Oof. And then it just became... Guys smashing into buildings. The loudest movie. Typically, what you said, it was a uh, super powerful person punching super powerful person, and it's just this kind of. It, it's so weird. I don't know how. For me, it's so obvious that it's probably the most terrible thing to do, where you don't set levels. You know, there's there's no level of power. There's no. Way to compare powers to anyone in the movie. There is there's no hierarchy a, of powers. Exactly. There are no there's rules. no weaknesses. There's no. There's no. There, there, no, there, no, no um, there are no parameters defined. Yeah, exactly. There's no scale. There, yeah. It's just there. He's is strong and is also strong. So you've got basically Nobody Superman, cares. who is uh, as strong as it's possible to be, yeah. as far as we can tell, and General Zod, who is the same. Yeah, they are exactly. the same. And all the only drama in that fight scene is that it takes General Zod a little bit of a, a little bit of time to work out how to yeah. do it. But again, um, it doesn't in two minutes. Yeah. So really, some 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 of the moments were quite cool, like when the bad guys come down and they're in those suits and and they're they're having fights with uh fighter jets and things those moments were like wow they're pretty cool but yeah like the what he tried to do with this idea of what if it actually happened quote unquote you know like the 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 fearfulness uh i don't know the how people will be afraid of having those super humans or meta humans i don't know how they call them coming to earth actually and like punching planes and blah blah blah, but in a very serious tone. But it ended up just being like you know basically destruction. Yeah, fantasy. just just buildings being smashed down. You just kind of think Superman is supposed to so save. So loud, so so loud, so loud. And, and Superman is supposed to save people. He doesn't yeah, save super- anyone. Doesn't save anyone in that. But film. you know what? I was I was kind of okay with going for an unlikable Superman. Like I was okay if if you do it. Because basically, the the way his parents raise him in the movie, which I find, I mean, it's not really Superman canon. It's not usually how Superman is told, but they tell him, you know, you don't have, to, you don't owe these people anything. You don't have to save everybody. You can hide your identity, which okay. I mean, you don't have to tell the Superman story one way, but if you do it, you know, um, in um, I don't know, in the. I forget the word, but if you do it and it makes sense all the way through, basically, okay, in a, in a at least you have way. consistent. At least you have a consistent character at the end, and that's fine. You know, then you can deal with that and see what you can get from that character. But then, as you said, it, it's it's still kind of he was reluctantly reluctantly saving people and like almost making a face while saving babies. It's like kind ugh. of like. It's like Superman is supposed to be our hero. Yeah, he's supposed to be selfless, yeah. and that is a good you're thing. To, you're supposed to like it. That's a good thing. That's that's a good value. I know. I know. That's a good value that, that <laughs> we want. We, yeah. So we, the reason why Superman is important is because he represents that selfless sort of uh, yeah. savior of the world, yeah, yeah. and he's someone for us to look up to. Instead, they made Superman like this fairly selfish individual, uh. basically, <laughs> which is like fine. You know, it was, like, it was like remember when you liked Superman? Yeah. Like oh, those were the days. 
awesome moment. The, the best thing about it was Kevin Costner, basically, because yeah. yeah, it's yeah, quite yeah. nice to see him as a father figure. Yeah. Uh, that was nice. But Even then, though I always found his death scene kind of silly. I don't remember it. He, oh, there's, there's a dog? The dog? Yeah, there's a tornado, and people are getting out of the cars, and the dog is stuck in the car. He gets the dog, mm. and when... Uh, Superman comes to save him. He basically looks back and like tells him, you know, makes a gesture like, "No, don't," because he will have to reveal his power to save his dad. So his dad looks back and's like, "Don't, don't come save me. Don't reveal your power yeah, yeah. by yeah, saving no. me." Exactly. And again, it's you know, it's yeah. a kind of, but you never see Superman dealing with that in any fashion. It's just like, ugh, it doesn't, it doesn't reap any benefit to do that. But the reason why we talked about that is because yeah. you were saying that uh, the Marvel movies have managed to slowly go, they, they've managed to uh, maintain consistency, and mm. none of the films were uh, weak enough to break the franchise. Yeah. Whereas with Superman, uh, Man of Steel, um, everyone thought that was not very good, but I'm still willing to see if yeah. the next one's going to be exactly. all right. And basically, they're all terrible except for Wonder Woman, which was all right. I thought it was okay. It was okay. Like, Main, mainly I, I, just because, how do you say her name? Gal Gadot? Gal Gadot, think, yeah. Yeah, she was just wonderful as the character. I found her really naive yeah. and oh, and wide, wide-eyed, wide naive superhero yeah. who, who was just uh, so sweet. I, um, I, 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 li- I love that about her, that yeah. character. I didn't love the movie. I, th- I thought it was fine. I think it has one of the best scenes in superhero movies, the trench scene in World War One. Apart from that, it was fine. And again, the ending was no, the ending. horrid. The ending was terrible. It's just, Jesus. again, another superhero ending yeah. where it's just two, two yeah. CGI characters it's like smashing. like a god battles a god. It's like, okay. Yeah, who cares? Who cares? <laughs> um, but Marvel, yeah, they, they managed to yeah. avoid uh, all yeah, those Yeah, but traps. like, yeah, so DC went Man of Steel. Then the next one, they went Batman versus Superman, which is already like such a huge movie. Technically, you, you, bring, you bring together two of the biggest superheroes in the world and what you have to do in that movie is first tell us who batman is mm-hmm. you know you don't we don't know batman we don't know this batman you know and you you can't just like uh uh pretend that you know oh people know him already that's not how movies work you don't you don't like base movies on like previous not assumed previous knowledge well, of sometimes people. you do with sequels yeah but that not only yeah with sequels but not with like setting basically a, a brand new, new a brand, brand new, new franchise character. yeah exactly well, a brand new um uh, brand, a version of a character a brand new version of a character yeah so don't you have to do that you have to deal with the fact that they're they're battling each other it's it's too much it's too rushed it's it's it, i mean also it does not work that movie is terrible <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I, I actually uh, there, there that are, movie's so funny. There, there are some things I so some things I did like about it, uh-huh. like like yeah, the, 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 like. The, the the bits with Batman, basically where he's the opening is good. Yeah, the the fights in with Batman are okay. Yeah, no, no, it's fine, but it's so it takes itself so seriously, but, and it's yeah. so silly. Tell me, do you please? Do you please? <laughs> Do you bleed? A, a, a sentence that comes back in Justice League I when Batman is like, "Tell me, do, do you, you bleed?" Do like, no, you no, no, know, you like, know I bleed. He's like, "Tell me, do you bleed?" Because <laughs> <laughs> listeners, if if you remember, oh, but God. originally it's his Batman. He's got himself. Uh, he's decided that he, he needs to take down Superman. Why? Uh, and he builds <laughs> this sort of super uh, metal suit. <laughs> 
which there's no way you can build a suit that's going to beat Superman. It's the Superman. Son of a bitch brought the war it's, to us. It's Superman for goodness' sake. And then he manages. Uh, he, he gets to. So I actually, I quite. Mm. You know, all the things I like about Batman versus mm-hmm. Superman, which are not that many things. Mm. All of them are the same things I like about the the comic book, uh, the Dark Knight uh, Returns. Yeah, yeah. You know that? Because, you yeah, know that? I, I read that one, Frank yeah. Miller graphic novel comic yeah, yeah, book, I read that. which is absolutely fantastic. And they they stole certain things from it, like the there's a um, what is it, the Kryptonite Arrow. Yeah, which yeah, explodes some as well. It, it explodes in Superman's face, yeah. and and that allows uh, Batman to then yeah, fight on, old, yes. yeah, fight on the same level as him, which I think yeah. is a, a, yeah, a fair I think thing. A few things like even uh, the nuclear explosion in Superman going to space, and you know being rejuvenated by the the, the yellow sun. Yeah, uh, yeah, some stuff they took from from there. Yeah, but it, it doesn't it doesn't gel at all as a film. It's it's a piece of uh, <laughs> a piece of shit, piece of crap, piece of junk piece of of junk let's say it's a piece of piece of shit I thought it was a piece of shit Um, that's what like hillbillies even hillbillies I thought it was a piece of shit I I didn't think it made sense at all um okay yeah you don't know why he's fighting him you don't know Lex, oh, Lex Luthor is not no, good. No, no. Because they try to make a Joker character, even Lex though they're completely L- different. Oh. It's, oh, it's the, such a mess. Lex Luthor played by, I can't remember his name. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg. Jesse Eisenberg, who normally is great, but it was a, a yeah. superbly miscast. <laughs> superbly miscast, yes. yes. Uh, and It's really a super... Horrible. <laughs> yeah. Horrible, horrible performance. Yeah. But, you know, and he the, tried. He Fair play to him. I mean... He tried, but it didn't he work. He tried. He, oh, oh, oh. no badly written it's just and then and then we end Clark up with Kent is terrible character Ugh. and then basically because DC had decided right we're we're leading up to Justice League so we've got to do it we've got to we've got to uh, lead you know yeah. we've got to finish what we started yeah, grandfather uh, they uh, <laughs> yeah they ended up doing uh, Justice League and Oh, just, yeah. let's not even talk about it. Yeah. I don't want Aquaman. Did you watch Shazam? No, I haven't seen Shazam. So, in 30 seconds, Shazam has pretty positive reviews. Uh, like, I check IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes, and I thought it was not good. I mean, like, just one thing. I haven't seen it. Uh, it as far as I can tell, just from the publicity I've seen, mm. it looks like a kind of ironic superhero film. But um, is it something like Deadpool? No. Yes, it's like almost like PG thirteen Deadpool, except that if, remember, remembering the first Deadpool, it was um, super simple story, almost like super basic. A uh, guy, um, guy gets powers, girl gets kidnapped, guy saves girls, and then around that they made the whole jokes, and you know, yeah, it was more of like a, like setting the mood, you know making fun of superheroes you know etc in Shazam they I don't think it's really well paced or written I think like it's a little it's just forced you know it's it's rushed they rush everything I think the core of Shazam is pretty good like the character stuff it's it's so rushed that you don't have any time to enjoy anything and by the time anything happens it's just like why why it's the kind of movie where everybody bumps into, you know, like every character bumps into other characters in the street because they don't know how to set the scene, you know, like, you know, imagine like, you know, I don't know, 
you have a movie where you have a, you're supposed to have an emotional scene with your wife, but instead of setting it at your house, you bump into each, each other in the street. It's like why, you know? Oh, oh, you mean it's like, just awkward? You mean, you, mean, you mean like the way in in so in bad soap operas? Yeah, exactly. uh, characters always just uh, come to each other's houses. Hap- happens to just always be in the same room, and and as one character leaves the house, the yeah. other character just happens yeah. to be coming. Oh, hi! And no, then- no. Im- imagine if basically you went to I don't know. Any the park, the Bac Monceau, you know, like any big park, Central Park, and you bump into like your wife. How was? What are the chances? You know what I mean? And yeah. it's like everything is kind of like forced and like badly, badly and, written, basically. It's badly where, written. Where the, the the lines of the story don't quite join up yeah. together. Uh, yeah. yeah. There's a whole section where, for example, Shazam uh, discovers his powers, which in in itself is a fun scene, but basically it's like he gets the power, and then. He goes home to like meet his buddy, basically, because he's in a foster home, and so he's like his foster brother. And they just go out and start discovering powers, but there's no like no time to like acknowledge how weird it is, and to they're like, "You have superpowers! Let's go and try this!" And they literally bump into two different like um, they they go into a park again, and they bump into like somebody being robbed. So they can okay. test the power, and then they go to a to like a like a little shop, like a bodega, whatever, to buy beer. And there, they also bump into like people coming to rob the the thing. So it's kind of like, oh, so it's kind of like basically the the story, the, yeah. the writers of the story were like, okay, so the characters are now going to find yeah, out their powers, exactly. and conveniently, here are some criminals. Conveniently, they bump into every single criminal in Philadelphia that night. It's like, <laughs> why? You know, kind of. It's uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, the, anyway, the, the thing, the thing I don't like about Shazam, I haven't seen it, yeah. but I've only seen trailers and the adverts for it. The thing that turns me off is just the guy's haircut. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm not going to see that film. I think don't, you're, don't you're like, don't again like don't body like the, bodies body parts <laughs> body parts. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the haircut. I'm I really gonna, hate his fingers. I, I'm not seeing the movie. This, in this case, it's the hair. I just no. I'm no, not going to go no. and watch that hair for it. For but 90 it's a little minutes. silly. It's 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 very much a comedy in the way Ant Man is actually. You know, okay. it, it's very much a comedy. But when you don't find the comedy funny, it's it's just so hard. So 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 hard. Yeah, it, it's like. I I I, it's, I don't find it funny. It's a pity, isn't it? When comedy doesn't work, yeah. when comedy doesn't land. Oh my it's, god! It's, don't, it's, don't we know it? We know it well. There's no way to go around it. It's like it's just I just didn't laugh, and for all the the virtues of the movie, possibly I didn't laugh. Yeah. Well, anyway. that, that, talking of Ant Man, that is one of the great things about Ant Man. I mean, yeah. I, I personally, I'm n- not that into him flying around on ants i mean I, I mean that idea what's what's the name of the ant that he flies around on anthony anthony that's anthony. it anthony or anthony or something in, Antoinette, in, in, i don't know in, in in england we'd say anthony but i think he calls him anthony yeah uh, anthony. but he keeps calling up anthony and at, this ant flies in it's like just it, 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 the, the, it? The, the control over ants that they have is just a step too far for me i'm just thinking that there's no oh, way that's a step too far well, yeah, I mean, yeah, that that is that's enough. Like just the fact that they can uh, summon an army of ants and the, the ants know exactly what to do. Yeah, 
I'm sorry. I know that we're talking about going mm, to space mm, and, mm, and mm, uh, mm. all that and the Hulk and all that stuff, but just, I don't know. But really enslaving, in fact, I will not stand for it. Yeah. The best thing about Ant-Man yeah. are those scenes where, what's the, the, um, the Latino guy, the Hispanic guy? Mm, Michael Peña. Michael Peña, yeah. when he summarizes yes, the story. exactly. Uh. Really, her, really funny. I, I, I bet it's on YouTube. I bet we can find uh, Ant Man mm. Mike uh, Michael, Michael Pena, Pena funny scene. <laughs> okay, is this going to be from Ant Man One? Yeah, Louis story. Louis storytelling about tip. What? Louis tells a story a about tip, a tip. About a, uh, okay. I think they, basically this gives is just tip. the way that this character tells stories in the film is just hilarious. I mean, we're going to hear the audio now. But it works best with the video because the thing is that every single character yeah. in the story is speaking with Luis's voice. Yeah. And it's just but brilliant. As he's speaking, you see the image of the scene happening with other characters speaking with his voice. It's quite, yeah. it's quite well done. So it's probably not going to work with just audio. But and nevertheless, sure. I want sure. to watch it now. Check it out on YouTube. Um, uh, Ant-Man Michael Peña. You'll find the the P E N A. You'll find the video on the page for this episode, right? Yes. Um, and also the th- another thing about this is that he speaks very quickly, and that's kind of the point. <laughs> so you, I don't know, you might not understand this, or in fact, any of this conversation that we're having at all. But yeah. uh, let's just have a look at this uh, clip from Ant Man. All right. Tell me about that tip. What? I want to know about that tip. Yeah. So he's basically asking about a crime job. Yeah, because uh, they're going to rob uh, Pim's house, Hank Pim's house. Yeah. yeah, so basically Ant-Man, played by, what's his name? Uh, Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd is asking uh, Luis about yeah. a tip, which is basically mm. that he knows of a good burglary or robbery yeah. that they could do. Because, yeah. And he's now going to explain the, the, the this great robbery that they should do. Right? Okay. Mm. Yeah. It's on. It's so on right now. Calm down, all right? I just need to know where it came from. It's got to be airtight. Okay. I was at a wine tasting with my cousin Ernesto, which was mainly reds. And you know I don't love reds, man. You know, but there was a rosé that saved the day. It was delightful. And he tells me about this girl, Emily, that we used to kick it with. It was actually the first pair of boobs that I ever touched. It's the wrong details. It's the wrong... It has nothing to do with the story. Go. So, uh, he tells me that she's working as a housekeeper now, right? And she's dating this dude, Carlos, who's a shot caller from across the bay. And she tells him about the dude that she's cleaning for, right? That he's like this big shot CEO that is all retired now, but is loaded. And so Carlos and Ernesto are on the same softball team. And they get to talking. The, the, the thing is, that he's so bad at telling stories because there's all these unnecessary details. And we're, we're, I'm already confused. Like, who, yeah. who is, who, who's Carlos? I don't know, but let's keep listening. Right? And here comes the good part. Carlos says... Yo, man, this guy's got a big-ass safe just sitting in the basement, just chilling. Of course, Ernesto comes to me because he knows I got mad demons killed. Of course, I ask him, did Emily tell Carlos to tell you to get to me what kind of safe it was? And he says, nah, dog. All she said is that it's, like, super legit, and whatever's in it, it's got to be good. What? (laughs) Old man have safe <laughs> I love that it's like what old man uh, have safe like, that's basically old the, man have safe the whole story can just be summarized as old man have safe yeah, a safe exactly. a safe is like a uh, a box that um, mm. you would put money in for example um, valuables valuables and so on uh, have we have we run our course here have we got to the end now um, 
what else uh, is there to we, say? We, I mean, we we've skipped around. We could, we've um, skipped around. We've we've talked about um, you know the Avengers films and stuff. Mm. Um, we talked about. Um, Kevin Feige and all that stuff. Yeah. So anyway, Avengers Endgame, any predictions? What do you think is going to happen? So this is where we're going to pause this conversation and we will carry on in part two. I hope you're keeping up with all of this. As I said at the beginning, I think it might be difficult for some of you to follow, but challenges are good and it's important to try and listen to these fast conversations. Hopefully you're into the subject enough to keep listening and that's the main thing. Practice, practice, practice. So part two will be available to you soon and our conversation will carry on there, talking mostly around the subject of Avengers Endgame. But also there's some talk of Star Wars because Episode 9 is coming out later this year and a new Star Wars trailer arrived recently. If you're a fan, then these things are quite important in a, in a, in a way. Obviously, it's not the most important thing in the world, but, you know, films and being into films, these sorts of things can make you happy. So that, and that's important. Um, so there's about 30 minutes more conversation from Fred and me in part two. And then also I will talk a bit on my own about some other stuff like fan theories for Avengers Endgame and just some of my own thoughts about the film. Feel free to leave your comments. If you've now seen the film, like you might be listening to this after a few, a few days after I've uploaded the episode. So if you have now seen the film, please avoid writing spoilers in the comment section, or at least flag up the fact that your comment contains spoilers by writing the phrase spoiler warning at the top of your comment. I'm going to see Avengers Endgame tomorrow because uh, new films are released on Wednesdays here in France. So I think I'm probably going to see it a couple of days before um, it's released in many other countries in the world. And I might record some kind of reaction to the film or a non-spoiler review of some kind. And then maybe after a certain number of weeks, I'll do some kind of spoilery uh, discussion of the film. I don't know. I can't say. Uh, I don't always. I'm not. I don't always plan everything out, out in advance fully. But anyway, I'm seeing it tomorrow. I might record some sort of response to seeing it. Um, but uh, there you go. Then, of course, after all of this hype uh, has died down, and I mean, in my world, there is quite a lot of hype about Avengers Endgame. I go on YouTube quite a lot, and my YouTube recommended videos is full of. Uh, videos about Avengers Endgame and I'm seeing posters in the street now and stuff like that so there's quite a lot of hype for this film um, so anyway after all this hype has died down it will be back to podcasting as usual there might be a little gap because I'm going away on holiday um, next week for about a week so I will be sort of not podcasting for about a week so there'll be a little gap but normal podcasting will return as you would expect but that's it for part one i expect part two will be available very soon so you can carry on and get into some of the excitement okay thank you very much for listening uh, and i'll speak to you again in the next episode but for now goodbye bye 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 bye, bye. Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar, and pronunciation teaching from me, and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.